Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered in multiple ways. All righty, folks. Today's a big old Monday. And sheesh, we are officially back, folks. Man, oh, man. A little bit of a three-day off, folks. I, I apologize, but I had to get right on some college basketball. Well, we got March Madness coming up Thursday, folks. It's kicking off Thursday. We get play-in games Tuesday, tomorrow, and Wednesday as well. But, I mean, March Madness, folks. We all get hyped about March Madness. We all love March Madness. Even though, you know, we don't watch college basketball or really even care about college basketball until March Madness comes, it's still a big thing. It's still a big thing to do. You know, get excited about it. It's fun. It's a little goofy. It's the only thing like that in sports. Hey, take 64 teams and let's run a, let's run a little bit of a bracket. It's like, what? Uh, could you imagine if the NFL was like, all right, let's put all 32 teams. Let's get 32 teams. Put them in a bracket and see what happens. Let's add 32 more teams so we have 64 NFL teams. And let's run a bracket. Let's see what happens. I mean, this is why it's so great. It's There's nothing like this in all of sports here. And I think that's why a lot of people get excited. Uh, you know, watching it's on all day. I mean, we start at noon on work days, basketball. It's just so crazy. There's nothing like this in sports, folks. And uh, there's something for everybody. Uh, you know, work pools, uh, you know, gambling on the games now that if you're in a mobile-friendly betting space, you can bet through the 12s and the 1 and then the 2 and then the 3, and you can bet on your upsets, not just on your bracket. Be like, oh, I know that number 11 seed is going to win, and then you bet that. So you got the work pools. You got the betting. You got just the craziness, folks, of, you know, filling out a bracket, and who knows, maybe you can hit 100% because nobody knows what they're doing. So it's March madness and we wanted to do a little bit of homework uh throughout this past weekend for the conference championships just to see what what is college what is college basketball all about what is this sport right so that's what we were doing the last three days just trying to get inside the mind of college basketball trying to get inside the mind of brackets and what did we learn over that three days I honestly don't I honestly don't even know. There's one thing, there's one big takeaway, but I don't know how how I want to weigh it. Do I weigh it a bunch or do I or do I not weigh it at all, folks? And that's really the three-point shot cuz man, oh man, were there abysmal three-point shooting performances like so much so that teams were putting up like 12 points. 12 points in the first half, folks. That's 20 minutes. This is not uh, you know, you know, college basketball and NBA, it's different because, you know, four quarters in the NBA, two halves in college basketball, 20-minute halves in college basketball, 12-minute quarter. So, you know, obviously that's the main difference between college and uh, professional. But, I mean... There, uh, just watching the three-point shooting, I was just jaw. My jaw was to the floor. I'm like, and then they kept doing it and kept doing it. I think like one team went like 0 of 18 from the three in the first half, and they ended up only putting up like 15 points. But the other team only put up like 19 points. It was just so bizarre, folks. So I don't know. Do I weigh the three-point shot with everybody being trash, or do we just not even value it at all because it's just so hit and miss? So that's my one, my one takeaway from not doing this show for three days is a three-point 
three-point shot that we don't even know how to weigh it. So I guess it was a little bit of a bust <laughs> of taking those three days off just to watch college basketball. But we'll try to see if we can maybe figure it out. So well, let's bring it to uh, what we got going on today. So today we are updating our NBA Power Rankings. We missed that on Friday show, so we got to update that. Uh, we got to pick our algorithm, folks, and this is my favorite time of the year. Getting into the algorithm side of March Madness because nobody knows what they're doing. No, even if you watched college basketball every single minute of every single game, there's still like a 0% chance you're going to get the bracket right. So just, you know, another aspect to use. Let's use some numbers. Let's use some mathematics, some algorithms, some machine learning. Let's use some of that to kind of give us maybe a little bit of an extra edge on the bracket side. So we're going to set our algorithm for March Madness. We're going to see if we can uh, kind of test it a little bit with the previous matches that we just watched this weekend, see if they're giving us kind of the same output and reading. So this is kind of, uh, let me go, let me say this. This is kind of how we're going to handle this week. We are getting deep, deep dish pizza into March Madness. So everything else is on a hold, a pause. Um, Russell Wilson still trying to figure out if this man can still play or not. Uh, still trying to figure out if uh, the Seahawks won the trade or not. All that is on pause until kind of after the first two rounds of the March Madness because it's on like every single day for like four days straight and it's fantastic. Uh, but we're going to really focus in on that. So today, Monday, set up our algorithm and do a little bit of testing today. Tomorrow, there's two playing tournament games. So we'll use our algorithm on tomorrow's show to predict the outcome of those games, but they're at uh, at night games. So we'll set our algorithm. To, uh, we'll make our prediction tomorrow on the first two playing tournament games. Wednesday, we're going to have to fill out our entire bracket uh, because it starts Thursday at noon. So, you know, that's when we go live. So today, setting up our algorithm. Tomorrow, testing it on the first two play-in tournament games. And then Wednesday, we will officially fill out our entire bracket. And then Thursday, baby, it's on, it's on, it's on. So... That's how we're mar uh, managing March Madness through this week. Also, we do have a bracket challenge up. It is on the official NCAA bracket website. Uh, just search takes by fans, um, and our bracket will come up. And then I believe we do have a password on it uh, because we are giving away a prize, and I want it to be somebody uh, you know that's actively listening. Um, so. The prize is the winner of our bracket gets to come on the show and discuss whatever they want for five minutes, ten minutes, the entire show. Um, if they want to challenge me for the show, for the hosting spot, go ahead, do it. You know, live for, for everybody. You can do whatever you want on the show. Talk about whatever you want. Even if it's not, you know, what we talk about, that's fine. Talk about whatever you want on the show. So that's the prize. Uh, so go to uh, play.ncaa.com uh, and then click on the men's bracket. Join our group, Takes by Fans. You can search for it, and then our password is Big Beef because y'all know we know this is a Bigs world. Even in college basketball, folks, basketball is basketball, and the Bigs are here in the college program as well. Uh, links will be on our Twitter and uh, descriptions of, and everything like that, so you'll be able to find it quickly, quickly. So winner gets to come on the show, discuss whatever they want, and maybe y'all will like them so much that they replace me? I mean, hey, I mean, if that's what y'all want, if y'all don't like the show that much, then join the challenge, be, uh, win the challenge, and then come challenge me, debate me live in front of everybody, and if you make me look like a fool, maybe you get the job. Maybe everybody will run me out of town. Maybe our producers will run me out of 
town and fire me, and you'll be the next host of Takes by Fans. So this is your opportunity, folks. To sit in the chair, to come down to the studio every single day and own the show. So that could be yours if you win the bracket and then maybe kind of, you know, put us in our place. But, you know, that's hard to do because we're, we're usually right about everything. So all of that today on the show, folks, and we spent 10 minutes on the intro. So uh, a day, a show where we had no time to kind of... You know, not stay on track. We spend 10 minutes on the intro of the show. So y'all already know how this is going. So don't expect we get anything done today. But we will try our damnedest here. So let's start the official show today, folks. Let's get it rocking. Let's get it rolling. Um, but, um, yeah, so let's start with the NBA. We got to set 10 minutes on the clock here because we got to go through it. So we're going to break down the NBA from last night. We're going to bet on the NBA tonight, and we're going to do our NBA power rankings, and then we'll switch gears to the NFL, some stories to hit upon. Brady, I mean, come on, we got to talk about that. We'll hit the NFL stories, and then we will hit our NCAA bracket algorithm and uh, just talking through the, all of that. So, pack show. Let's get it kicked off here. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA. And the 10 minutes starts right now. Alrighty, a handful of games on in the NBA last night. And we learned some things, folks. We learned a little bit. So let's take it from here. First game up was the Knicks at the Nets. And the Nets get it done, winning 110 to 107. Three point win for the Nets. And the line ended at Nets minus five and a half. So the Knicks once again. Once again, cover the spread and look pretty solid while doing so. And we do have the official announcement, folks. I faxed over the paperwork this morning. The New York Knicks are no longer a sponsor of Takes by Fans. I know, I know, it's unfortunate, but the Knicks... As of recently, folks have really started to kind of ramp it up a little bit, winning games, covering the spreads. I think they covered every single time the last four games. So we've, we've made our money. We know, we got to know when to get out, folks. Know when to get out. Know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. And it was time to fold our sponsorship, our partnership with the New York Knicks. But it's all good. You know, um, you know, the Knicks are kind of still fighting for a playoff chance. I mean, they're not even in the top 10. I think they're about four or five games out from getting that 10th seed. So, I mean, they're going to be hunkering down. They're going to be going for it. And this is just not what we want to kind of, you know, be playing around with at the end of the regular season. So, thank you for all you've done for the show, the New York Knicks. But it is unfortunately time that we end our sponsorship. But it's all right, folks. We are leaving with our heads held high. It was great experience. Great exposure, and uh, we made a lot of money off of it, folks. We were able to predict the entire Cowboys future. So, I mean, that's something, yeah? So... Thank you for all you've done for us, Knicks, but uh, it is time to end it, and that's a good sign by the Knicks because it has proven that they have gotten better, and the Knicks have kind of been winning me over a little bit. Um, uh, just the way they've been playing and taking it down to the wire and being competitive and truly looking like they want to try and secure at least a play-in tournament spot by reaching the top 10 here. So shout-out to the Knicks as of recently for getting it done, but the partnership must end here. <clears throat> 
But last night, Kevin Durant dropped 53 big old points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, and that was pretty much the game. No Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant is able to get it done by his lonesome. Andre Drummond, 18 points, 10 rebounds to help out as well. Patty Mills still 5 points on 1 of 9 from the 3, 18% on 11 shots. Patty Mills, please get it together. You are absolutely killing me out here. Absolutely killing me. No Kyrie, no Seth Curry. Patty Mills stinking it up, and Kevin Durant says, don't worry I got it and puts his team on his back and gets the three-point win Julius Randle for the Knicks, 26 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. R.J. Barrett, 24 points. We have Evan Fournier with 25 points. Finally a good game, but he's still bad defensively, a minus 16 on the floor. I mean, so even when we get good scoring output by Evan Fournier, his defense lacks, and that's exactly what happens. So Evan Fournier, minus 16, absolute trash. And, man, oh, man, the, the, the other guards couldn't get it done either. Alec Burks, 5 points on 22% shooting, and that was really it. They played Emmanuel quickly for 20 25 minutes. He had six points on 20% shooting. So the guard play by the Knicks is still super lackluster. We still don't love the Knicks or even like the Knicks, but uh, they have been covering the spread. So they're starting to potentially take that next step of starting to win the games. But they're taking the first step of covering the spread and being competitive. Or, yeah, covering the spread and being competitive. So, once again, our sponsorship with the New York Knicks has officially come to an end. But it was like uh, it was a nice two months. Yeah, I mean, two-month sponsorship, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I would call that a win over here by Takes by Fans. But Nets get the win, 110 to 107. All right, next game up here is the Clippers at the Pistons, and a little disappointed in the Pistons last night. They were winning this game basically the entire game in, in pretty dominating fashion, but then the f second half and the fourth quarter came, and the Pistons really kind of were lackluster, and they ended up losing the game 106 to 102 over the Clippers last night. We had Marcus Morris with 31 giant points, Zubak at the 5, 14 points, 15 rebounds, fantastic, and then Reggie Jackson doing his thing 15 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. Off the bench, Luke Kennard, 16 points points. Isaiah Hartenstein off the bench, 12 points. So everything was kind of clicking by the Clippers. Usual suspects getting it done. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and then some solid performances coming off the bench. It gives the Clippers the win. And then for the Pistons, I mean, they were winning, and their starting five absolutely got it done. It got great bench contribution, but just beefed it in the fourth quarter. That was really it. Cade Cunningham, 23 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, close to a triple-double. Corey Joseph, 10 points, 6 boards. Marvin Bagley, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Jeremy Grant, 21 points points, five rebounds, and Sadiq Bey, 13 points, eight rebounds. So all of that was pretty solid. And then off the bench, Isaiah Livers, nine points, five rebounds, and Kelly Olynyk nine points, three rebounds in 14 minutes. So all that was good. They just could not clutch it up. And that's kind of what we've been seeing uh, by the Pistons a little bit this season as well. So... <clears throat> Clippers get a nice win here, 106-102, but a little disappointing that the Pistons could not hang on. All right, next game up here is the Mavericks at the Celtics, and the Mavericks get a huge win because Spencer Dinwiddie hits a clutch as hack three. Tie game, 92 with 17 seconds left, and Luka Doncic gets the ball, and look at this, folks. Luka Doncic drives the ball into the paint in three Celtics defenders collapse on him, leaving Spencer Dinwiddie wide open at the three-point line, and Spencer Dinwiddie cashes out the three, and that's game time. Uh, puts him up three points. Then we have this right here. 
Following possession, Marcus Smart takes the game-tying three with eight seconds left. We don't want that. We don't want Marcus Smart taking this shot. There's still seven seconds by the time the man shoots the ball. Give the ball to Jason Tatum one more swing and let him take the shot. We don't want Marcus, Moore, Marcus Smart taking the game-tying, game-winning three here. He takes it. It's way short. He gets fouled on it by Luka Doncic, but they review the call. No foul. Uh, so they have a jump ball. Jason Tatum ends up getting the uh, ball out of bounds. He takes a quick shot with like four seconds left. No time to like dribble or anything like that. Just uh, immediately puts it up. So didn't really love the ending by the Celtics last night. Truly let us down. Marcus Mart missing the shot. And then Jason Tatum just kind of throwing up a shot real early when you still had about four seconds to do something with it. So overall, the Celtics down late in that game truly let us down a little bit. And we'll see how much that affects them in the power rankings um, in just a few minutes here. But for the Mavericks, I mean, getting it done, Spencer Dinwiddie, who they acquired at the trade deadline, folks, has been absolutely magnificent. He's back in the starting lineup, hit the game-winning three, 18 points, four assists, five rebounds for Spencer Dinwiddie. Luka Doncic does his thing, 26 points, eight assists, eight rebounds. Jalen Brunson, 14 points. Dorian Finney-Smith, 19 points. Absolutely fantastic. Maxi Kleber coming off the bench, no points, but the 13 rebounds, fantastic. Like, we know that he does, so... Spencer Dinwiddie getting it done. Luka Doncic, I mean, that great pass, great vision, all that. And the Mavericks end up getting the win. Once again, this Mavericks team is legit, folks, truly. And then for the Celtics, Jason Tatum, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Jalen Brown let us down last night, 14 points on 37% shooting. Marcus Smart had 15 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds, which was good. But that 3-point shot, that's not his game, folks. And we love Marcus Morris as, or Marcus Mart, excuse me, folks. Marcus Mart as a facilitator on the floor and just an okay shooter, but not crunch time, game-winning, game-tying threes. You got to give that to Jason Tatum, superstar, no, folks? <clears throat> so, Celtics just a little lackluster last night. Derek White only five points on 20% shooting, and they lose by three. So, Mavericks get the win 95 to 92. Then we get the 76ers at the Magic, and what the hell was this? What the absolute heck was this last night? 76ers win, which is good, but they win in overtime, and there was no scoring for the final three minutes of the fourth quarter, folks. I mean, this game is uh, tied 104-104 with three minutes and five seconds left, and then nobody scores for the rest of the fourth quarter, folks. We get Harden a turnover. We get uh, Mo Bamba missing a three-point jump shot. We get Joel Embiid missing a 15-foot pull-up jump shot. We get uh, Carter with a missed jump shot. We get oh, Joel Embiid missing back-to-back -back free throws. I mean, it was they were just missing everything, folks. Three-pointers, layup, free throws. Everybody was missing in the final three minutes, and it sends us into overtime. Luckily, the 76ers were able to still come away with the win because if you lose to this Magic team, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, especially losing to the Magic on a day we do our power rankings, ooh, that would have looked real bad, but, but. But uh, 76ers hold on and get the two-point win. Joel Embiid, 35 points, 16 rebounds. James Harden, 26 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. And Tyrese Maxey, 10 points, 5 assists. Tobias Harris finally getting it done, 26 points, 9 rebounds. George's Niang off the bench, 16 points. So 76ers, even though it didn't look like that, all the main pieces truly got it done last night. So 76ers escaped a really, uh, really, a really bad scenario. It would have been bad for the 76ers on today's show. Luckily, they avoided it. 
Uh, Cole Anthony, 19 points, 3 assists, 8 rebounds, shot 33%. Once again, Cole Anthony, just a eh, a meh on this team when he really should be kind of the, fa the face of the team, the number one option on the team. And then Wendell Carter <clears throat> led the team in scoring with 23 points and 12 rebounds. All right, that is our 10 minutes. Uh, so let's get uh, let's finish up these last four games very very quickly. Uh, we had the Pacers at the Hawks. Hawks get the win 131 to 128. Well done by the Pacers. They were kind of getting blown out a little bit. Like the Hawks put up 70 points in like the first half, and it was fantastic. But the Pacers stuck to it. They were a plus 12 last night. Fantastic value. Only lost by three. Uh, but the Hawks get the win 131 to 128. Then we get the Rockets at the Pelicans, and the Pelicans absolutely die. Dominate the Rockets last night, thankfully. Even though that the Pelicans did not have Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum again, and they still win 130 to 105 over the Rockets. That's how bad the Rockets are. Then we get the Grizzlies at the Thunder. Grizzlies get the win 125 to 118. Dylan Brooks's return ends with the win. So now this Grizzlies team officially at full strength, and we'll see how they progress for the uh, final. We've got about 12, 15 games left, I believe, for every team rest in the regular season so we'll see how the Grizzlies close out does this Grizzlies team have a chance at the number one seed in the Western Conference so far they are about eight games out man oh man what this Suns team folks truly impressive holy moly uh Suns are about to claim the number one seed folks <clears throat> I mean uh Grizzlies eight games back and they're at the two spot at the Western Conference so Grizzlies may may be able to get that number one seed in the Western Conference it's gonna take a lot but uh they still got the chance to do it and we'll see how Dylan Brooks his returning to this team helps them out back end of the season and into the playoffs here but Grizzlies finally healthy and then the last game of the night Lakers at the Suns Suns minus eight and a half they had no problem covering that winning by 29 140 111 win over the Lakers last night because the Lakers are that trash we know this folks so Suns get the win 140 to 111 all right, that was all the NBA from last night. Uh, so now that we're kind of caught up a little bit on the NBA, let's see what we've got on tap tonight. Haven't talked betting in the NBA in a couple of days here, folks, so hopefully we're not rusty. We're not, trust me, folks. Um, and we're ready to kind of, once again, see where that disrespectful value is. Uh, Pacers minus 12 and a half was absolutely disrespectful last night. And, uh, you know, Suns only minus eight and a half. That was just great value overall because Lakers on the road. What are you crazy? So Laker or uh, Vegas is still up to their same old tricks, folks. And we're ready to expose them uh, back today on the show. So here we go. First game up, we got the Clippers at the Cavs. Clippers on the back-to-back, -back, so no thank you. Clippers plus five and a half. Uh, does this mean who's back here? Who, who's all good to go for the Cavs? Karis LeVert, a game-time decision. Love seeing that. Unfortunately, Jared Allen is still out. But Clippers on the back-to-back, y'all -back, know what that means. We do not bet that game. <clears throat> so staying away from that one. Then we get the Nuggets at the 76ers. Nuggets plus a point and a half. 76ers minus a point and a half. 76ers on the back-to-back, -back, staying away from this one and doubly staying away from this one since they just went into overtime against the Magic. So I would definitely advise of staying away from this game absolutely for those two reasons, back-to-back -back and then going into overtime against a really bad team in that back-to-back. -back. That's not good. So staying away from Nuggets 76ers. Then we get the Blazers at the Hawks. Blazers plus 14, Hawks minus 14. 
And the thing about this Hawks team is, folks, um, obviously we're not going to bet this game because it is the back-to-back, -back, and we probably shouldn't be taking the Blazers plus 14 because Anthony Simons is still out and Nurchich is still out, so there's obviously no bettability on the Blazers. But, you know, all those points here, folks, 14-point spread here, we know the Hawks, they have trouble closing out. That's exactly what happened last night against the Pacers. Pacers were getting dominated the first half. The Hawks put up, like I said, like 70 points in the first half, but then they couldn't close out. They had that big lead the entire game and then it shrunk down to three at the final so this Hawks team they don't know how to close out games we still don't know if they're good they're definitely not consistent yes they should beat this Blazers team because the Blazers have no players I mean it's easy to beat a team with no players regardless of how good or bad you are at you know as a team so the Hawks should be able to cover the 14 point spread but once again I would stay away from this game for the two reasons Hawks on the back-to-back -back, and the Hawks can't even close out against any team regardless if they're full strength healthy or nobody good to go so Blazers plus 14, we're not endorsing anything here, but, but, I would just stay away from the Hawks minus 14. Whatever you do, I just would stay away from this game altogether, but the Hawks minus 14, I can't even say is good value. I can't even say that, so I would definitely just stay away from this game. All right, hopefully we can bet on something so far because everything's been back-to-backs. Uh, next game up is the Hornets at the Thunder. Thunder on the back-to-back. -back. We got to stay away from this one. Hornets minus 10. Thunder plus 10. Jeez Louise. Once again, everybody out for this Thunder team, so no bettability here. Um, absolutely not. So, once again, just got to stay away from this game. Hornets minus 10 should hit. Maybe take the over. Eh, it's at 232. Once again, just stay away from it. It's the back-to-backs, folks. There's nothing good on today. What the hell is this? Next game up, Timberwolves, Spurs. Timberwolves on the back-to-back? -back? No. Okay, thankfully. Okay, okay. We may be able to bet a game here. Thank goodness. Timberwolves minus four. Spurs plus four. And yes, 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 yes. I'm loving that already. Timberwolves minus four, folks. This Timberwolves team, we're going to get to it in, a, in a, we're going to get to it in a second when we talk about our power rankings. But don't sleep on this Timberwolves team, especially, big time, especially against kind of the, the sub-mediocre teams in this league like the Spurs are. So for the Timberwolves here, to, uh, Patrick Beverly game time decision. Anthony Edwards a game time decision as well. Interesting here. Let's see if we can get a little updated information here. Let's go to our favorite Twitter account, NBA Fantasy Labs. We got anything on Anthony Edwards here? I would love a firm confirmation that he is playing for the minus four. But even if he doesn't go, folks, I think I'm still loving the Timberwolves minus four. We've been seeing their role players be more consistent than not as of recent here and we only have to swallow four I mean Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell can get it done himself I'm not really worried about it so uh Patrick Beverly Jordan McLaughlin and Anthony Edwards all game time decisions and then for the Spurs we get Doug McDermott out Kiete Bates Diop out Romeo Langford out so Devante Kakak and Joe Weiskamp all, both game time decisions, but we never even called their names at all this season. So who cares? Who cares about those players? So Timberwolves minus four. No Anthony Edwards. He's in. He's out. Doesn't really change my mind. Give me the Timberwolves minus four. They've been on an absolute tear as of recently, folks. We're talking eight and two in their last ten. Give this team some credit on the road. Does hasn't really phased the, them as of recently. So yeah, Timberwolves minus four. I think is great value. Best value I've seen tonight. Absolutely by a mile. All right, then we get the Wizards at the Warriors. Wizards plus 12 and a half. 
Wow. Warriors minus 12 and a half. Now, we just had the Warriors. Was their last game beating that 76ers team? Because that was a good win. Or excuse me, the Bucs. That's who it was. Uh, Warriors kind of destroying the Bucs. And the Warriors had no good beef. <laughs> and the Bucs have all the beef. And they still lose. Like, what the hell is that? I thought this was supposed to be a Bigs world. Warriors kind of, you know, uh, erasing that narrative. It's only one game. So we're obviously still on the narrative. But uh, we'll see how the Warriors progress today. Warriors minus 12.5. Wizards plus 12.5. Um, everybody's good to go for the Wizards. And for the Warriors. Oh, my God. Draymond Green is a game time decision. Is this man finally playing tonight? Is Draymond Green making his return tonight? Because that's big time great for the Warriors, folks. I don't think we have any confirmation here. But, man, oh, man, if he is good to go, that is absolutely great. So, Warriors coming off that great performance against the Bucks, Getting Draymond Green potentially back, back at home here. I mean, it could all be going right for this Warriors team. So much momentum. Wizards, they've got Porzingis. Um, have they been getting blown out as of recently? Just uh, lost to the Blazers. And once again, how are you losing that Blazers team by 11? That was their last game. Wizards losing by 11 to the Blazers. They lose by 13 to the Lakers. And then they lose by 6 against the Clippers. So, yeah, this Wizards team, ever since Porzingis has been with them, has really not done anything good. So, Warriors minus 12.5 is seeming like good value. We'll say we'll take it because we are assuming Draymond Green is playing. If he's not playing, we'll stay away from it. But we will so far take the Warriors minus 12.5. It is a big spread, folks, but we are not letting the fear get to us. Warriors minus 12.5. They are kind of streaking at the current moment. All right, then we get the Bulls at the Kings. Bulls minus 3.5, Kings plus 3.5 here. For the Bulls, Zach Levine is a game-time decision. Hopefully, he's good to go. And then for the Kings, we get Alex Len and Justin Holiday, both game-time decisions. But what do we say about this Bulls team, folks? They're not good. This is not a good team. But against the below-average teams like the Kings, these are the games that they dominate. These are the games that DeMar DeRozan takes over. And everybody come tomorrow is like, no, the Bulls are good. And DeMar DeRozan is MVP folks we know this is going to come so Bulls minus three and a half more great value tonight and then the last game here we get the Bucks at the Jazz Bucks minus a point and a half Jazz plus a point and a half only Bucks minus a point and a half here this seems like good value as well Bucks coming off that really bad loss against the Warriors the other night and then um, everybody's good to go for the Bucks Pat Connaughton is out and yeah let's say this news because this is big news as well Brooke Lopez and George Hill will return tonight and they're only a minus of one and a half points. This Jazz team is so bad, folks. And we are going to make that known. And we are going to uh, make a big correction here because uh, this is our second update of the power rankings coming up since the uh, All-Star break. Um, and we overvalued the Jazz. Totally overvalued the Jazz. We'll tell you why we overvalued them when we kind of talk talk through the power rankings. But, um, yeah, we overvalued that. And we have a big-time correction coming on our top ten. And the Jazz... They were the number one seed, folks, and once again, that was just, I, I got I got carried away with uh, how healthy and deep they were, and that really doesn't matter because the Jazz, it doesn't matter. They're not winning against the good teams, uh, but I just got too caught up with their depth and their health at the All-Star break.
But I get everybody returning for the Bucks here. Missing Brooke Lopez. He's back to good to go. And he's probably going to come off the bench because Bobby Portis has been doing so good in the starting lineup here. You don't want to kind of, you know, shock Brooke Lopez back by putting him in the starting lineup and playing him like 40 minutes today. So I would still expect Brooke Lopez to come off the bench and all that. And I'm loving the Bucks here. And look at this. As we're talking, it goes from minus one and a half by the Bucks to minus two. Exactly that. So let's stop talking. Secure the minus two before it goes up to minus three, minus four, minus five, minus six, and all that. So everybody's good to go for the Bucks besides Pat Connaughton. And then for the Jazz, Rudy Gobert game time decision. So what are we even talking about here? Yes, give me the Bucks minus two, and I got to stop the show right now so I can lock in this value, folks. And since we have all this, I am actually taking the Warriors minus 12 and a half off the board now uh, because these, these are all better value. And once again, I'm not letting the big spread, you know, scare me. I'm just saying these values right here are absolutely absolutely so undervalued that these are magnificent value folks like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness I cannot believe the value tonight folks loving all three of these picks here amazing value these are amazing values folks I can't stress how amazing these values are tonight man oh man it's it's gonna be raining money I, I, that's all I'm gonna say uh you know that's all I'm gonna say it's gonna be raining money tonight yes folks so uh you know check the weather because because it's rain and money. Timberwolves minus four, Bulls minus three and a half, and the Bucks minus two. Extraordinary, immaculate, fantastic value. I don't think I've seen a three-game value like this in the NBA in a couple of months. We've gotten great value over the last couple of months, absolutely, but three games, all fantastic value? I don't even know which one is the best. I would say... I would say Bucks minus two is the best value at the current moment. But man, oh man, these are all immaculate value. Money, 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 money. Money. I mean, folks, it's going to be pouring money tonight. Man. Woo. Oof. Great value tonight, folks. That's really all I can say. Man, oh man, I cannot believe the value tonight. Man, oh man. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over in terms of talking the games and betting the games. But now let's re-update and reorder our power rankings. We do this every single Friday. Unfortunately, we missed Friday's show. So we're going to update it today on Monday. And then we will do another mini adjustment on Friday just so we are back on schedule. Got to get back on schedule. That's the biggest thing. That's why I hate missing shows. Um, and truly missing three days in a row is uh, unacceptable, inexcusable. And I, that all falls on me, folks. I truly agree. Uh, but you know, getting, we got to get back on a schedule here. So we will still update it today and we will still update it on Friday and then go from Friday to Friday again. And hopefully we don't have to miss any days of shows. So here we go. Our NBA power rankings. Uh, so heading into this kind of extend a week, we extended, we updated this two Fridays ago. Um, on, let's get a date up here. Uh, what do we got? The last time we updated the power rankings was on the 25th. February 25th, we missed the uh, March 4th update on Friday. Nope, excuse me. We did update it on March 4th, Friday. We missed March 11th, the Friday. And now we are updating it on March 14th. So there it is, folks. From March 4th to uh, today. March 14th is kind of the new updated window from when we take all the games. But up until the 4th, folks, these were our power rankings. 
We had the Heat at 10, the Timberwolves at 9, the Mavs at 8, the Pelicans at 7, the Bucks at 6, the Grizzlies at 5, the Suns at 4, the 76ers at 3, the Celtics at 2, and the Jazz at the number 1 seed here in our power rankings. But from the 4th to the 14th, folks, the Emmy. Wow, wow, wow. It's really been eye-opening, this entire kind of extendo week that we've got. So... From the 4th to the 14th, how has the landscape in the NBA changed? Well, let's talk about it, folks. We've only got one new team, a lot of shakeup, a lot of movement, but only one team, one new team in and one team out over the last week. Now, um, the Bulls, I mean, th this is why we're not adding these teams in, folks. Um, the first team that's not going to be added in here is the Bulls. They had four games over the last kind of extendo week here. Um, and uh, let me tell you, let, let me just phrase it like this. They had two, they had four games total. Two were wins, two were losses. A potential win, uh, the potential two wins. Or let me, uh, there was two wins and two losses here. They had games against the Pistons and the Cavs that either resulted in a win or a loss. And then they had Bucks, uh, games against the Bucks and the Nets that either resulted into both wins or both losses. So Pistons, Cavs, or Bucks, Nets. What would be better what would be actually good of beating the pistons and the calves or the bucks and the nets yes of course beating the bucks and the nets would be better right but that's not who the bulls beat they beat the pistons and the calves they beat the pistons and they beat the calves with no jared allen and i don't think karis levert was playing in that game either so what the heck are we talking about with the bulls this bulls team is not a good team they're losing against the good teams how are you losing against the good teams and want to be called a good team what does that mean that doesn't mean anything folks so that's why the bulls are not going to be in the top 10 the knicks are also not going to be in the top 10 they beat they had a solid, a solid extendo week. They had six games over the last few days, and they beat the Clippers, the Kings, and the Mavs. Beating the Mavs was a good win, and it was dominant, like a 30-plus win. That was a good win right there. But then you lose to the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Nets. And, I mean, you know, this Knicks team trying to crack the top 10, yeah, one good win is good, but then three bad losses against good teams, we can't be having that. So the Knicks have been kind of increasing in our overall kind of, uh, you know, thought. I would definitely put this Knicks team outside looking in at maybe around maybe the 13th seed. I can maybe give them something like that. So the Knicks have been climbing, but not ready to make the top 10 just quite yet. Let's make like the top 10 in your own conference first before we start talking about you. So we'll see if the Knicks can claim a play in a tournament spot here uh, down the stretch. The Hawks definitely kind of knocking on the door. Once again, we see something good and then something bad and then something good and then something bad and then something eh. And then something good and then something bad and then bad and then good and then meh. And then meh. And then good and then good and then bad and bad. It's just all 50-50 over the last extend a week by the Hawks. They beat the Wizards, the Clippers, and the Pacers. Are these good wins, folks? They're not good wins. You're taking care of business, which is, you know, you must do. You must take care of business. But you also must, you know take your chances when you're facing the better teams and they lose against the Pistons and the Bucks. You had a chance to face the Bucks, you lose and then you lose to the Pistons. We know the Pistons are pretty good, but I mean once again, it's just like the Hawks are supposed to are supposed to be better than the Pistons. So the Hawks aren't getting in the top 10. Warriors very very close. They beat the Clippers, the Nuggets and the Bucks. 
ended up losing to the Lakers and the Nuggets. So Warriors, I would definitely say, are probably the 11th seed at the current moment and definitely can start making their way into the top 10, especially when we do our reorder on Friday. A little bit of a mini reorder on Friday from what happened on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They could definitely try to get into the top 10 on Friday, just not quite ready yet. Yet. So, Bulls, Knicks, Hawks, Warriors not g cracking the top 10 in that one new available spot. So, what team does that leave, folks? Have you been able to figure it out? Were you able to Sherlock Holmes? Well, it's not this team, this team, this team, this team. It's got to be this team. Well, let's see if you're right here, folks. But you're not going to be right at uh, number 10 because the new team that we're moving in, we're not just moving them up to number 10, folks. We're moving them up a little higher. So here we go. Let's talk about the new reordering here of our power rankings. We'll start from 10, work our way up to number 1, and see how the landscape in the NBA has changed from March 4th to March 14th. Here we go. New number 10 team here. And we're going to give this team a quick, like one last chance here, folks. One last chance. Once again, we got this kind of mini update on Friday. So we're going to be playing around a little bit, a little bit, uh, in giving this team one final chance here. But the new number 10 team is the New Orleans Pelicans, dropping from number 7 to number 10 in our power rankings. Now, we love this Pelicans team when they're at full strength, but that's been the problem. They have not been at full, uh, full strength. Brandon Ingram, uh, hamstring, I believe, little hamstring tightness, kept him out the last few games here. CJ McCollum got COVID-19. He's been out the last couple of games here. Year, and they've really been losing because you don't have two of your big three and obviously you're going to lose but overall the Pelicans they won last night kind of all right a game that they should have won they took care of business in dominating fan dominating fashion with just Valanchunas out there uh, you know, beating the Rockets by 25 points, that was fantastic but over the last kind of extendo week for this Pelicans team they beat the Jazz and the Rockets, you know, good beating the Jazz and all that. Rockets, you know, you took care of business, fantastic. But then they lost against the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Hornets. But once again, you know, only really having Valanchunas and CJ McCollum out there or just Valanchunas out there. So Pelicans, we're going to give them one last chance here before they fall out of the top 10. Hopefully they can get healthy uh, very, very soon. Hopefully we get Brandon Ingram back quickly. Hopefully CJ McCollum, symptomless, can get back on the floor. But, uh, uh, yeah, this Timberwolves team when they're or this Pelicans team when they're not 100% healthy, it's obviously not the best team. But when they are healthy, this is a real team to kind of be afraid of. So Pelicans, we'll see what you can do. One final chance here. Let's start winning some games, or we're gonna have to drop you off. But Pelicans fall from number seven to number ten. All right, here we go. New number nine team, and it's not the new team in yet, folks, so you will not know if you're right currently. But uh, this team is dropping big time, big time, big time down, folks. From number one to number nine is the Jazz, folks. And, man, oh, man, what the hell was this week? What the absolute hell is this week? I mean, the Jazz are one of the deepest, healthiest teams at the current moment, folks. We're getting Donovan Mitchell. We're getting uh, Rudy Gobert, all of that. The bench, Jordan Clarkson getting it done. But this Jazz team, you beat the Thunder and the Blazers. Okay, that's not good. Those are not good quality wins. But then you lose to the Pelicans, the Mavs, and the Spurs. I mean, what the hell is going on here? So this Jazz team, and I have to apologize for even putting them at number one for a week. I mean, that was that was maybe the, the biggest thing I've been wrong about my entire career, folks. Definitely this season, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, but what, like I was kind of saying a little bit earlier, is that I just fell in love with the Jazz's depth and the healthiness at the All-Star break, so we put them at the one, but this Jazz team, they don't do anything impactful. They don't do anything meaningful. They never beat the good teams consistently. They lose against the bad teams when they should not be losing against the bad team. They lose at home. They lose on the road. It's just like, it's nothing consistent. It's nothing I want to buy into, honestly. And yeah, they've got the pieces. Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, Royce O'Neal. Donovan Mitchell, I mean the bench, Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, I mean folks, I mean we, we can keep naming names out here, they've got the names, they've got the pieces, but they're not winning games, and that's what the Jazz team has been their entire, really kind of the last few years here, Rudy Gobert always kind of defensive player of the year, great defense, gushed over, sucked over his great defense that he has, but then can't play that same defense in the playoffs, and they never get anywhere, you know, conference finals or the finals or anything like that, so it's just like, what are we doing here, Jazz? Are we going to actually start winning games and showing that you are actually good or just telling us you're good and healthy and all that and then not getting it done on the floor? That you must get it done on the floor. Jazz, can you get it done on the floor? Can you get it can you get it done on the court, please? Jazz, you're at number 9 and I'm letting you know this is a notice cuz I'll drop them off. We've got to update back again on Friday. I'll drop them off the top 10. I don't care. Get it done this week. Get it done today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the days that line up to be because back on Friday if I don't see kind of undefeated of how many games you've played and I don't see anything good, I'm knocking you outside the top 10, and I'll give another team a chance. I'll put the Bulls. You want me to put the Bulls in the top 10, Jazz? We'll keep playing around, and that's going to happen, and the Bulls will be taking your spot. So we'll see. I'll put the Bulls in at number 9. Don't test me, Jazz. Have a good week. We'll see how they do. Jazz at number 9. Alrighty, here we go, folks. What is your final guess? Is one new team in the top 10, and this is their seed right here, folks. The number eight seed. What team do y'all think it's going to be? I'll give you three more seconds. Last final guesses. It's not the Bulls. It's not the Knicks. It's not the Hawks. It's not the Warriors. It's not even the Nuggets. Who is it? The new number eight team, and man, oh man, man, oh man, is the Brooklyn Nets, folks. Yeah, yeah, alrighty, folks, folks, I was a little wrong about this Nets team. They're a little bit better than I thought they were, and, uh, you know, silly me. We got to go back a little bit here because we did not have our show on Saturday and the 76ers Nets played on Friday and we didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk about that game. But what the hell was that, Philadelphia? Oh my God, a big time dominant blowout win by the Nets against the 76ers in Philadelphia. Yeah, and we just missed it, folks. We knew that you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were going to be ball dominant in that game, which they were, but the thing that we forgot to take into consideration is that when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are ball dominant, they're good as heck. I mean, they're great scorers. So yeah, if they're demanding the ball, commanding the ball, they're going to be putting up points. And that's exactly what they both did. So yeah, it was just an overlook. We thought them being ball dominant would hurt them. Fools on us. They're great shooters. We knew that, folks. And they just blew out the 76ers, proving that the Nets maybe were the ones that truly won the trade. So this is uh, a little bit of an apology from us to the Brooklyn Nets for kind of undervaluing them really ever since that big trade, Ben Simmons for James Harden and all that. 
So this Nets team, obviously, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, we still haven't seen Ben Simmons, so we still don't even know how that's going to look. But Seth Curry, Andre Drummond holding it down until Ben Simmons gets there, and then they go down to the bench when they get the, when Ben Simmons gets there. So they're going to be a deep team with great shooters and all that. We uh, I think we were a little wrong about the Nets here, folks. So we're going to apologize a little bit and put them at number eight. This last week, the Nets have beaten the Hornets, the 76ers, and the Nets. Knicks lost against the Celtics. So, yes, they have a good win against the 76ers, Hornets, Knicks. You, you should be beating the Knicks. So, uh, one good win against the 76ers. Got to really start beating the Celtics as well. This is another great team in the Eastern Conference here that we will see uh, a little bit later on how great the Celtics team actually is. But the Nets... <clears throat> Kevin Rant and Kyrie, I mean, you can score the ball. I mean, that's what you need to do in this league. That's what the Jazz aren't doing. The Jazz aren't scoring the ball, and they've got, you know, more talent overall, uh, more more pieces, more talented pieces overall because uh, Kevin Rant and Kyrie Irving versus the entire Jazz team. I'm taking Kevin Rant and Kyrie Irving two on two on eight. I don't care. I'm, I'm taking those two players. So Nats at number eight here. And we'll see if they can continue to climb the power rankings here. Well done of cracking the top 10. That's fantastic. Alrighty, here we go. New number seven team. And this is a slight upgrade here by this team. A nice one spot jump. But the Mavs are now the new seven team. New number seven. They were at number eight last week. And they are at number seven this week. This Mavericks team. Some solid wins. They beat the Kings, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Celtics. Lost to the Knicks in big time dominating fashion. Like 30 plus point loss there. Luka Doncic wasn't on. And it just you know unfolded from there. But you know team lose here and there that's why you know if you're going kind of three and one four and one five and one in a week even against you know a bad team we don't weigh that too much because you know this is the NBA you do play 82 games you're gonna lose games games against good teams games against bad teams it's when it starts to become a habit consistently losing against the bad teams consistently not beating the good teams that's where we had the issue but one game here one game there no worries especially when you are beating teams like the Jazz and beating teams like the the Celtics last night clutches hacked by the Mavs Spencer Dinwiddie new addition on the road clutch three to win the game I mean that's what I want to see um and you know that you know that one three-point win on the road against the Celtics that's way you know I weigh that way more than that 30-point loss against the Knicks honestly so Mavericks Really solid here, winning by that three-point shot, winning by Luka Doncic, winning by Spencer Dinwiddie. This Mavericks team can move up a spot here. Once again, this Mavericks team is really the only team that does not have a really great dominant big, and they're still getting it done, still in the playoffs, still winning games, still beating Celtics, still beating the Jazz and all that. So this Mavs team, big props to them. Can only move them up one spot here this week because of kind of how everything else transpired this week, but the Mavericks need to be on your radar, folks. Do not sleep on this Mavericks team. Yes, they don't have a big in a bigs world. We'll see if that catches up to them in the playoffs, but at the current moment, they don't care. They don't give a damn. No big, no problem. They're the only team that's getting it done consistently, so Mavericks at number seven. 
Alrighty, new number six team, and yeah, we got an improvement here, folks. A nice jump by this team, and well done by this team. Love this team, big time, folks. And we get the new number six team as the Timberwolves, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping from number nine to number six. Love this Timberwolves team. Over the last week, they beat the Thunder twice, the Blazers twice, and the Heat. There was no Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo against that Heat team. Let's keep that in mind, but still, at the end of the day, we know the Heat, you know, they are deep and they do replace their starters with bench players pretty solidly. Uh, so four, uh, five great wins. They ended up losing to the Magic. 100% inexcusable, once, but once again, it was just kind of that one loss, you know, 5-1. and one. We can overlook the loss a little bit, not too much, because at the end of the day, it is still the Magic. But overall, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre Russell getting it done. And why we like this Timberwolves team so much is that their depth has truly been getting it done and having a big-time impact on this Timberwolves team. We're not just truly reliant on the big three anymore. We're getting the great defense by Patrick Beverly. And that's, I mean, that's what the Timberwolves need. They need that great defense, that one kind of defender on the team like a Draymond Green. Forget the points, just kind of be that on-floor leader, that on-floor dog, that on-floor toughness that your team needs. They've got the big three. They've gotten that. They've got a little bit of depth as of recently, and they've got the dog, the defender, the leader, the captain, Patrick Beverly, same as Draymond Green. They basically play the same role, except, you know, Draymond Green's the forward, Patrick Beverly's the guard, but they're both, hey, I don't care about scoring. I don't care about offense, defense. I'm going to get on you. I'm going to get in your face, and I'm going to make it a struggle to beat our team so this Timberwolves team has just been truly impressive here uh the thing that's really kind of holding them back a little bit is that they haven't you know faced anybody good this week yeah they beat the heat but once again it was without Victor Oladipo and uh Jimmy Butler so uh, I, I do believe the Timberwolves can beat the heat at full strength it's just can we see this Timberwolves team beat a great opponent a little consistently we haven't been able to see it the last kind of week and a half extend a week because they just did not face a great team like that but um i love the timberwolves they climb up in our power rankings keep getting it done and uh even this timberwolves team were were winning during that kind of anthony edwards uh, skid a little bit and now he's a game time decision tonight can they still get the win i say yes timberwolves 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 new number six team get used to it folks i'll put this timber timberwolves win tonight i put them at the number one no anthony edwards getting it done yeah i put them at number one so once again friday folks it's gonna be a quick turnaround but i'm ready to make moves here in our power rankings folks yes watch out for the watch out for the timberwolves to be the number one team i'm not playing around here folks timberwolves are fantastic all righty, here we go to the number five team, and we are going to keep the Grizzlies here at number five. Couldn't really see any way to move them up. Didn't really didn't want to move them down. They couldn't move them down. They haven't been really losing, and that's why the Timberwolves just had to kind of stop at number six and not flip with the Grizzlies at number five. But the Grizzlies will stay here at number five. Uh, this last week, the Grizzlies, some solid wins. Magic, Pelicans, Knicks, Thunder, some quality, winnable games there that they took care of business. Ended up losing against the Rockets. Once again, just that one lone game. We're not trying to, you know, uh, 
blow out of proportion too much. It is a loss. We acknowledge it and all that. But if it's just one here, one there, it's not that too much of a, you know, it's it's annoying in the moment. It's annoying when you kind of, you know, bet the Grizzlies minus whatever they were. I'm sure against the Rockets, they were probably minus 15. So, yeah, if you're taking Grizzlies minus 15 against the Rockets, if they don't even win the game, yeah, it's annoying. You think they're trash and all that. But we recenter. We take a deep breath in. The money's gone. It's out of our account. Okay. But how do we move forward? And the Grizzlies have still been getting it done. So let's not blow one loss out of proportion, even though it's against a bad team. Dylan Brooks last night got it done. Back in the starting lineup. Back in the lineup. Getting it done. John Morant. On, I'm on my Grizzly. Yes, sir. Steven Adams a big. Getting it done. Just defensive big. And the shooters of the Grizzlies getting it done. So Grizzlies deep team. Everybody getting involved. John Morant being the true facilitator and letting it just kind of play loose. And once again, I've got to bring it up because I haven't brought it up in a while. But the fact that the Grizzlies are now better without Valanchunas swapping uh, Stephen Adams for Valanchunas. And they're better in that regard. It just shows that John Morant just has more freedom on the court and just makes the great decisions every single game. So Grizzlies staying at the five seed uh, up until Friday. And we'll see if they can move up or down here. Hopefully not down. Keep going up, Grizzlies, potentially getting that number one seed in the Western Conference before the playoffs start. So Grizzlies at number five. Alrighty, new number four team. This team is dropping back a little bit, and it is single-handedly because of that blowout loss against the Nets. 76ers dropping from three to four. Absolutely. This week, the 76ers, they beat the Cavs, the Bulls, and the Magic. Well, we know the Bulls aren't good. The Cavs don't have Jared Allen or Karis LeVert, and the Magic are absolute garbage. And then they lose to the Heat. Not good. And then they lose to the Nets. Really, really big time not good. So 76ers, we will drop you more. We will drop you more. If you don't shape up by Friday, we'll keep dropping you because that was a big time loss against the Nets. At home, the trade, the narratives, your entire fan base booing Ben Simmons at the start of the day. As soon as that chicken went cock-a-doodle-doo over there in Philadelphia, the fans woke up and said, boo. Ben Simmons yelling out their window. They knew Ben was coming into town, and they were all just boo, boo, nonstop boo from, I, I believe the sun rose at 5, uh, 17, uh, 6, 17 because of daylight savings time, 6, 17 on that day, folks, 6, 17, the, the sun rose, and everybody just started booing from that moment on until they ended up losing. That's when the boo stopped because they're now like, ooh. Should we be booing ourselves? Should we be booing James Harden? Maybe they were getting their boos ready for when the 76ers flounder in the playoffs, when Joel Fatigue shows up and James playoff Harden shows up. So maybe we were wrong about the whole 76ers trade. Were we wrong, folks? I know we stood tall. We stood firm on the 76ers winning the trade. But what I just saw, the 76ers didn't win the trade, folks. So far... I think we got to give it to the Nets. Nets have officially, they are now in the driver's seat of winning the trade. Ben Simmons for James Harden, and you didn't even need him. You didn't even need Ben Simmons to beat James Harden on the road. Not a great look by the 76ers. Hopefully, hopefully this isn't truly what the 76ers are. 
but, but we saw it once. If we saw it once, it could happen again. Don't make a habit out of it. This is your last warning, 76ers. We're not playing around. I'm done playing around. I'm done with the games. Are y'all done with the games? Because I'm done with the games. Show me what you've got or you're going to be dropping. 76ers, you're on notice. Get it done. Get it together. Why the hell did you lose to the Nets? And not just lose. If you lost by buzzer beater in overtime, double overtime by one, two, three, four. I'll even give y'all a four-point loss. But y'all lost by like 20 plus. The hell is that? Shame on you. You drop one spot. You keep uh, floundering. I'll knock you out the top 10. I'm done playing around here, folks. Done. 76ers drop from three to four. All right, top three now. How does it shake out in the top three? Ooh, ooh, let's see. Here we go. New number three team here, and we are going the Suns. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. With Without Chris Paul, I truly thought this Suns team would get a tad exposed. Not truly extremely exposed, but a little, a little, ooh, ooh. Maybe they're not as good as we thought. Ooh, they're losing like two, three in a row. Ooh, they're losing against the, uh, the really good teams, and they can't even beat the bad teams anymore. What the hell is going on? I really thought that's how it was going to play out. With no Chris Paul. And then you stack on Devin Booker. Missing like one or two games. Also. And they still were not losing. I ju I could not believe it. This Suns team tro totally shocked me folks. Suns are truly legit. Truly the real deal. And can we talk about DeAndre mother loving Aiton? Holy moly. Shout out to the bigs. This is a bigs world. But DeAndre Aiton knows. Hey I'm still a young. I'm, a still, I'm still a young cat over here. Chris Paul. Kind of aging a little bit. Aging out of this league. One of his potentially last rides and all that so DeAndre Ayton's like yeah this is a big world but I'm, I'm gonna just take a second I'm gonna stick I'm gonna take a step back I'm gonna let Chris Paul do his thing and Devin Booker's here so I'll let him do his thing but now that DeAndre Ayton has to step it up more because no Chris Paul DeAndre Ayton has truly shown hey this is a big world and y'all need to be reminded of that because any second I can flip the switch and I can go for 20 and 20 every single game and if a big goes for 20 and 20 every single games folks I think we've got our NBA champions this season the Phoenix Suns couldn't get it done last year. DeAndre and still kind of learning what it means to be a big consistently and all that. And man, oh man, we've seen the Suns team. Everybody upgraded. Chris Paul. Chris Paul got better from last season to this season. DeAndre Ayton got better from last season to this season. Cameron Johnson. Cameron Payne all got better from last season to this season. That championship experience, folks. Maybe that is true. Maybe that is absolutely true 100%. In the sports world, um, of way, once you get that kind of uh, footing underneath you, once you get that kind of playoff championship experience, yeah, you're good to go. So, Suns, folks, man, oh man, a nice one. One spot jump here that could potentially go up a little bit more. I mean, I definitely could have moved the Suns team up to number two. Um, it, it was really close between the number two and number three team. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this Suns team, I gotta give them so much credit. No Chris Paul getting it done. No Devin Booker for a few games, still getting it done. The last extendo week, the Suns have beaten the Knicks, the Magic, the Heat, and the Lakers. They ended up losing to the Bucks. And uh, but they didn't have Devin Booker that game. That was the game that they didn't have Devin Booker. I think they went one and one with and without Devin Booker. But they lose to the Bucks, and then they also did lose to the Raptors. But once again, it's just overall the Suns shorthanded, still getting it done. No Devin Booker winning. No Devin Booker still being a little bit competitive. And once again, the biggest thing: no Chris Paul. How they're able to. Uh, fill in the facilitator on the floor. All that experience that he brings, the lockdown defense that Chris Paul brings, you remove that from the floor 
score and are still able to win games, that's big time impressive. And because the Suns lost to the Bucks, that's why we could not put the Suns at number two because that brings us to our number two team, and that is the Bucks here, folks. And now they are healthy, almost at full strength. Once they get Pat Connaughton back, this Bucks team will be at 100% full strength, and that's truly going to be dangerous. But getting George Hill back, getting Brooke Lopez back for the Bucs this last extend a week. They beat the Bulls. They beat the Suns. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Hawks. Did lose to the Warriors. Once again, a bad loss. They should not have lost to that Warriors team. Klay Thompson got on fire, folks. That's really all it was. And Steph Curry didn't even have a good game that game. I don't even know if Steph Curry put up like 10 or more points in that game against the Bucs. It was really just all Klay Thompson. So... Yes, the Bucks should not have lost to the Warriors, but once again, that was their only loss at one game. We could take a little bit of, uh, you know, we could put that, uh, not weigh that. We don't have to weigh that loss against the Warriors that much here. So, Bucks getting it done. Giannis, Chris Middleton, as of late, has truly been showing what he can do. Uh, the true bat, uh, the true Robin to Giannis's Batman, all of that. What he showed us in the playoffs last season is exactly what he's kind of been doing as of recently. So, this Bucks team, and once again. Bobby Portis holding it down at that five position without Brooke Lopez. Uh, and now this is truly going to be the test of the Bucs. Are they good? Because Brooke Lopez comes back. Um, so now what do you do with um, Serge Ibaka? Do we, I don't even know if Serge Ibaka is going to be playing any minutes anymore. That's why we did not love the trade for Serge Ibaka. We thought it was just a, a, an overreaction of, hey, we have to go out and get a big now because Brooke Lopez is still out. You lost guard depth of bringing in Serge Ibaka. And now... You know, you don't really got any more guards, good guards to kind of, you know, fill in now that everybody's basically healthy now. So, Bucks at two. We love what they've been doing, but let's see if their kind of panic at the trade deadline is their downfall. That's going to be kind of the new story of the Bucks. We'll see if they can keep it going here. Uh, but uh, getting it done, and we absolutely love this Bucks team. So Bucks at number two, and then number one, folks. We've been hinting it ever since we did not put them at number one last week, folks, and that was our mistake. Especially seeing what the Jazz have done the last week, truly our biggest mistake so far. Celtics are the new number one team. Yeah, 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 man, oh man. Jason Tatum is getting going crazy, going superstar mode ever since y'all have started to actively disrespect. Uh, Jason Tatum by calling him not a superstar. The man's been getting it done. And then for the Celtics team over the last extend a week, they beat the Nets, the Hornets, the Pistons. Truly unfortunate they lost to the Mavericks last night. Um, you know, that's kind of their one loss. We don't want to overlook, but let's, you know, kind of give them the benefit of the doubt quickly. Close game. Didn't love how it ended. Marcus Mark taking that shot to, to tie it up. Didn't love that. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum shooting that shot with still four seconds left. You know, bad chuck up shot. Didn't love that. So, once again, is the Celtics team, is their kind of downfall going to be clutch ability? That's going to potentially be shown here as we uh, finish up the back end of the regular season here. But overall, they're getting it done. Al Horford's looking rejuvenated. Once again, this is a bigs world. Robert Williams down low at the five. Love him getting better. The man has just been getting better and better and better and better and better all the way from last season to this season. Every single game just better and better and better. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. 
obviously the two superstars on the team and uh, then we get Marcus Smart facilitating the floor fantastic good defense and all that then we get the bench Derek White not the deepest that's really all they got is Derek White but once again another guard helping it out and uh, if Robert Williams and Al Horford their longevity that's going to be kind of what makes or breaks this Celtics team because they don't have that much depth at the big position yeah they got Daniel Tice but they traded him for a reason they got rid of him last season for a reason they ended up crawling get you know came crawling back because they needed a little bit of depth out here because they still don't have that big depth. But for the Celtics team, very consistent, getting it done, very well coached. The superstars can get it done. The big, solid bench, all that. We love everything about the Celtics team. Hopefully this uh, Mavericks loss last night isn't a uh, a kind of uh, a foreshadowing of what's to come for the Celtics. Truly hope that they can stay at this elite top level and start beating the better teams consistently here. But overall, we've been loving what we've been seeing by the Celtics as of recently. The one step back was losing to the Mavericks. But once again, it's just one loss here. A couple of other teams, Bucks had one loss. Uh, 76ers, uh, no, Grizzlies had one loss. You know, one loss happens. It happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. But we don't, we're not going to wait that much at the current moment. So Celtics at number one, folks. So our new power rankings as of March 14th, we've got Pelicans at 10, Jazz at 9, Nets at 8, Mavs at 7, Timberwolves at 6, Grizzlies at 5, 76ers at 4, Suns at 3, Bucks at 2, and the Celtics the number one team in the NBA at the current moment. We'll re-update this list on Friday, and then we'll go from Friday to Friday again, folks. So, a lot of movement here in the top 10. Absolutely love it. And we'll see what teams on Friday can crack the top 10. Uh, we've got the Warriors definitely knocking on the door. Hawks potentially knocking on the door. Uh, we got the Pelicans and the Jazz all on potentially their way out as well. So, there's definitely room for movement come Friday um, if we need to retool our power rankings again. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. Let's talk some NFL stories, and then we will get to our algorithm and March Madness, folks. Yes? Alrighty, so here we go. Tons of news going on in the NFL, folks, that we haven't been able to get to. But man, oh man, the biggest story from yesterday, folks. You know, a lot of people were calling this. Um, I hoped it was happening. I never really thought it was going to happen, but it did happen. So I'm definitely grateful for it. But the biggest news here, Tom Brady comes out of retirement, folks. Yes, thank goodness. Thank goodness. We were heartbroken, folks. We were heartbroken with this man retired. We never got the farewell tour. We thought we took a, a little, uh, ad, um, we took um, Tom Brady for advantage a little bit. Uh, you know, we knocked him too much. We didn't really, we weren't really celebrating him how much we probably should have been celebrating Tom Brady in his potential last year in the league. Um, he played his best football last season. He retired. It broke our heart. But now he has officially came out of retirement. And, you know, it was, you know, basically, I think, for the reasons why we said it. But let's read the Twitter post, and then we'll talk about it here. But Tom Brady posted Twitter these words. Here we go. Quote says, 
these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business, LFG stands for Let's Fucking Go. Yes, Tom Brady. Yes, sir. Love that he's back. Broke the internet last night. Everybody was talking about it. But, I mean, that's what we were saying. When he retired, he always was saying the two reasons he was retiring was because of Giselle. Didn't really want to see him get hit anymore on the field. And then still wanted to be around for everything for his family. That was his two biggest reasons. But, I mean, how much time can you spend with your family? It's like when you retire and you have all these big ideas. I'm just going to do nothing. I'm going to relax and do nothing all day. I'm going to fish and all that. you got big plans. We're going on vacation. I'm going to fish. I'm going to do nothing. It's going to feel so great. And day one. It feels great. You do nothing. Day one, after you retire, everybody does the same thing. You do nothing all day, and it feels so gosh dang good. Day number two, maybe you still do uh, nothing. Day number three, you start fishing every day. Maybe you do take that maybe week vacation to celebrate and all that. But after about two, three weeks, you're like, I'm doing nothing. It doesn't feel as good as everybody thinks it was. It doesn't feel as good as that first day of doing nothing. And it just gets a little bit repetitive. It's like the same thing with your family. Oh my God, I can't I can't wait to retire and spend all this time with my family. And then you spend the day with your family and it feels so good. And then, you know, day number two, three, four, all feels so good. But then day number five comes and you're like, oh, you guys again. Oh, it's y'all again? Oh, who is it? Who's coming down the stairs? It's y'all again. Y'all are still here. Damn. So, yes, yes, your family's great. You can love your family, all that. But spending every waking moment, nobody wants to do that. I'm telling you, nobody wants to spend every single waking moment with their family. That's why people get divorced, folks. You think divorce, you know, you love each other. You do the whole thing and all that. But then you realize, hey, I got to spend literally every single moment with this person. And that's why they get divorced because it's just like, oh my goodness, and now it's just too much. I love you, but it's too much. And maybe you're annoying a little bit. And it's just so, it's just too much. I got to spend my entire life with you. It's a little bit much at that moment. And I think Tom Brady, you know, realized that because, you know, he, you know, tweets out these words, uh, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family. So I think he's getting a little pushback by Giselle. Once again, I do think Giselle still kind of pushed Tom Brady into retiring. Giselle being like, Tom, you just got hit. I can't see you get hit anymore because if you get hit, you know, you're not going to be able to walk and you're not going to have that quality of life and I still want to do things. I want to travel. I want to still be a little bit of a social light. You're telling me, Tom, Brady's just going to fade into oblivion, folks? Of course not. They're going to be shaking hands, rubbing elbows with everybody because it's Tom Brady. Of course he is. So Giselle wants that lifestyle. She wants the lifestyle. And I don't blame her. Give me that lifestyle. I, if I have to marry Tom Brady to get that lifestyle, absolutely, I'll do that. Uh, so I don't blame Giselle for any of that, but I do think that Tom Brady never wanted to retire, and Giselle was like, hey, can you retire, babe? It's enough. It's enough. You're done. You know, how much longer do you keep going? You got hurt. You're getting injured. All that. What's going to happen? You just saw Drew Brees get absolutely wrecked two years in a row. Big, big time bad. You know, do you want that to be you, Tom Brady? And I think Tom Brady kind of agreed a little bit and was like, yeah, I don't want that to be. And then he spent two weeks, you know, with his family and his wife, and he was just like, I got to get the hell out of here. And he goes back onto the field. So... 
Uh, you know, in the fact that he says, and I love my supportive family, once again, kind of putting it out there, hey, they support me, you know, so, you know, Giselle can't come out and kind of not support Tom Brady because he's already set the standard, hey, this is a supportive family, they all support me, so Giselle can't come out and be like, no, I don't support it anymore, you get locked in, that's why you preemptive, preemptive strike, you set the narrative, you set the tone yourself so nobody else can, I mean, it's just classic, folks, we know this, um, you know, people do that, set the narrative, set the tone, Get the story out before the story gets you. And that's what Tom Brady, I think, is doing right here by saying, and I love my supportive family. Because once again, I don't think Giselle w was so supportive of this decision, especially since Giselle kind of got her wish. Oh, yes, Tom Brady retired, and it's been two months, and this has been lovely. We've been traveling. Uh, Tom Brady's been seen at some soccer games and all that, rubbing elbows. All of that. Giselle, I'm sure, was loving the last two months. And then, you know, Tom Brady all of a sudden decides to unretire. I think Giselle's a little upset, but she can't be because Tom Brady already said that he's got a supportive family. They support him. So... However, however it all shakes out, and we'll never know, folks. So if you're telling me, well, how do, how do you know Giselle's angry? And why are you putting it all on Giselle? You're right, I don't know. But I'm assuming of what I've seen and how they've talked about it and the language that they've used, folks, and how great Tom Brady was that last year. So obviously, yes, we'll never know the exact answer. Tom Brady will never throw Giselle under the bus. Obviously, Giselle, Tom Brady will never come out and be like, yeah, Giselle kind of, you know, but that first time Giselle got in my ear a little bit. We'll never have the A Man in the Arena episode where Tom Brady throws Giselle under the bus of course not folks of course we will never get that and Giselle will never say oh yeah I was the reason why Tom Brady retired because everybody will literally hate her if she did that so of course we'll never know the real answer of course there may be some lies of course there will be folks read into it a little bit not too much uh you know we read into it i believe enough i think we're reading into it enough i don't think we're overreacting i don't think we're overreading into it so of course we'll never know the answer and that's like i i've got a little bit of an issue with y'all sometimes and it did pop up the other day um in the chat on you know the live feed when we're going live here when we were uh, who did we call trash we called somebody trash um Kirk Cousins, maybe we called him trash. No, oh, we called um, it was uh, maybe it was Mason Rudolph. I think we called Mason Rudolph trash, something like that. And then you know you get the person in the comments being like, oh, they're an NFL player and they're trash. You know what? Do you play football? Have you played football? Have you played NFL? Have you? Uh, you're trash. You're trash. It's like, of course, of course. All these people are better than me. Everybody we talk about is better than me. I'm never saying I'm better than these people. Of course not. These are professional athletes, the best at their sport, the best at their position. Of course they're better than me. I'm not saying they're not. They've got more money than me. Instantly, they're better than me. They've got more talent and more athleticism than me. Of course. Of course, they're better than me. I'm not saying they're not, folks. But in the realm of football, comparing one quarterback to the other, that both quarterbacks are in the NFL and both quarterbacks are, you know, professional athletes. Yeah, this guy's a little trash. He's a little trash. Of course. Compared to me, of course, he's not trash. Of course, they can beat me. Of course, they can. That's just like the lowest hanging fruit that you can get. Oh, Oh, you're calling an NFL athlete trash? What have you done? Of course. Obviously, folks, I'm not pretending to be better than any of these people. I'm just saying from a standpoint of who's good and who's bad when we're comparing them to each other, Mason Rudolph is trash compared to Don Brady. 
That's all it is. So stop with these things of, oh, you know, you'll never know the truth. Why, why are you talking about Giselle when you'll never know? Why are you calling him a liar and all that? Because they're not going to tell the truth regardless. I'm just saying, folks, we're just saying. We're just talking here. So can y'all just stop with these easy, low-hanging fruit dunks? Can we be done with this, folks? We're just talking. We're literally just talking out here. So will y'all relax a little bit? But that's my one, you know, little uh, little upsetness that I have with, you know, some of y'all. Obviously not y'all. And once again, I understand that. So when I say y'all, you'll be like, oh, not me. Of course not you. Of course it's not everybody. I get it, folks. Y'all not understand. I get it. I get it. Whatever you're going to say, I get it. Trust me. I get it. I see what y'all say. I've ar I already see what y'all say. I already know what y'all are going to say. So you just stop. I get it. I know. I've already taken everything y'all have already said into account. I've already taken that into account. I get it, folks. I know. I know what y'all are gonna say i get it folks i get it next time you want to say something just know i get it okay i get it i get it i get it i get it folks you're not saying anything new to me i get it all right but let's digress a little bit tom brady out of retirement love it all right, but then we get this, and this truly separates, you know, why Tom Brady is the Batman and why Aaron Rodgers is the, is the Riddler here, because what does Tom Brady do first? He lets the Riddler make the first move, Aaron Rodgers, because this his unretirement could really have something to do with Aaron Rodgers' whole situation. Aaron Rodgers puts it out there, hey, I'm coming back, already showed his cards, and that's what the Riddler does, and that's why, you know, Batman is always free and always wins at the end, and that's why, you know, the Riddler and the Penguin and Mr. Freeze and the Joker, you know, a little bit. They get locked up in, you know, Gotham City Prism, Arkham Asylum. Joker obviously escapes all the day, all the dang time, but that's why Aaron Rodgers is not the Joker. That's why he's the Riddler, because he does always get caught. He never wins. His plan never un unfolds to win. So Aaron Rodgers coming out and be like, yeah, I'm coming back, showed his cards, Batman, Tom Brady's like, Oh, now I get to react to you. I get the last word. I get the last laugh. So now Aaron Rodgers has already cornered himself into staying in the NFC with the Packers. And now he has to go against Tom Brady again in the NFC. And when was the last time Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers faced in the NFC? Oh, yeah, two years ago. First year for Tom Brady with the Bucks. First time in the NFC. NFC Championship game. And Tom Brady beats Aaron Rodgers. Because it's classic Batman, Riddler. We know how it all plays out. Aaron Rodgers is the villain and the villain never wins. Have y'all seen any any Batman movie? When has the, the bad guy ever won? Okay, the Joker blows up a hospital. You win the battle. Aaron Rodgers wins a battle here and now, you know, here and then as well. But who wins the war? Who Who's the hero of the movie? Who's the last frame in the movie? It's Batman! It's Batman! It's Tom Brady! Aaron Rodgers is just proving every single day that he is number two, that he is a villain, that he is never that he will never be the hero. He will never be the winner. And this is why exactly. Because Tom Brady waits for everything to cool down. He'd be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back? Aaron Rodgers is staying in the NFC? Well, I'm in the NFC and I can't let Aaron Rodgers outperform me. Tom Brady can definitely not have Aaron Rodgers win another ring on his watch. So he's like, oh, Aaron, you're going to stay with Green Bay? Well, let me stay with the Bucks as well, and we'll duel it out in the NFC Championship game again. And I think the outcome's going to be kind of similar to 2020. So 
Tom Brady, once again, proves he's the Batman. And now we get this, and this just, once again, amplifies of why Aaron Rodgers will always be, you know, a little bit of the loser of, you know, him and uh, Tom Brady. He will always kind of be on the losing end here. He already showed his cards, and now we get this out of Green Bay. It could all be falling apart, folks. Devontae Adams has told the Packers he will not play under the franchise tag he was given. Both sides remain far apart on a new deal. So Aaron Rodgers, he's already said he's coming back. You can't, you know, kind of retake that back. You could, and I would give Aaron Rodgers props for that, but that would kind of, you know, villainize Aaron Rodgers in the national media. And we know Aaron Rodgers likes to come off as the hero, is actually the villain, so he won't do that. But now, Aaron Rodgers won't play without Devonta Adams. He won't even throw to anybody not named Devonta Adams. We just saw that in the playoffs. Once again, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, folks, is not good. Can we all imagine? Can we all just agree on that? Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs does not get it done. Doesn't beat Tom Brady. Uh, you know, even though Tom Brady threw three interceptions. Oh my goodness, it's so bad, folks. It's so bad. And then he only threw to Devonta Adams in the back out of the backfield in this playoff game that they lost to, folks. Put up like ten points. Absolutely abysmal. So now Devontae Adams doesn't want to stay in Green Bay. Tom Brady's unretiring, still in the NFC. And here Aaron Rodgers is on a Green Bay Packers team that I don't think he 100% still likes. Not going to have his number one guy, potentially. And once again, he's the Riddler because his plan is full. It's foiled already. Tom, Tom Brady Batman has foiled the Riddler's plan because that is classic. Yes, folks, that always happens. The good guy always defeats the bad guy. And Aaron Rodgers, you're always the bad guy here. We see it all the time. So Aaron Rodgers exposing, exposing his hand. Tom Brady the Batman using that against him, keeping Tom Brady's Batman's cards close to his chest. Do we all we don't know the Batman's plan? We never know. We always know the 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 villain's plan. Oh, I'm going to get the bat here. I got to get the bat here and then the cage is going to drop on the bat and I'm I'm the winner here. And we never hear from the Batman. We only hear from the Batman when he shows up to, you know, defeat the Riddler and all that and then the cage drops on him. But Tom Brady, the Batman in the cage, he already knows I can get out of this. I know what's going to happen next. He's going to uh, click the button the sharks are gonna you know appear below me i'm gonna be on a glass plate a glass uh, uh glass yeah glass plate on the floor the glass plate will open i'll fall into the shark pit and all that and that's gonna be the plan but bat already knew that because he knows the plan of the riddler because he already has uh, he already told the plan already aaron Rodgers showing his cards the riddler showing his cards so as soon as the glass floor opens up Batman, Tom Brady uses the the bat gun, the bat uh the bat, uh, the, 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 the bat gun, folks, the, the gun that, uh, that makes you repel up, uh, I don't know, like, uh, I can't even think of what I'm thinking of, folks, the, uh, like the grappling hook, the bat hook, that's what it is, the bat hook, he shoots the bat hook as the glass floor is opening up, opening up to fall into the shark pit, he gets the grapple gun, grapples out of there, and Batman is good, he escapes, and he calls the police on the Riddler, and the Riddler goes to Arkham Asylum, we know how all this plays out, folks, and we see it again here, the Riddler, Aaron Rodgers, showing his cards, and Tom Brady, Batman, gets the last laugh, and now uh, Aaron Rodgers is stuck in Green Bay without possibly his favorite weapon, Devontae Adams, so it's just all so classic, folks, all so classic. Alrighty, um, tons of other 
things to go over here, but we don't have time. I did want to get that uh, Tom Brady because obviously he's unretiring, but we are going to have to kind of skip forward ahead a little bit. We'll try to get to these stories tomorrow as well. Tons of other stories to talk about, trades, all that. Uh, signing Kirk Cousins another year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but we'll talk about all, the, all that tomorrow. We do. We must get to our algorithm for our March Madness because there's no other time to fill all that in, folks. We're not going to have any time. We've got, uh, you know, playing tournament games starting tomorrow. we got uh, everything tipping off Thursday noon, so we're not going to be able to do anything on Thursday show. We have to ever have everything done by Thursday at noon. So, We'll skip some NFL stories here. Did have to fit in Tom Brady, though, because obviously that is the biggest story, obviously, ever. Okay, but now let's head over to March Madness, folks. The craziest, wildest time of the year, really, in any single sport, folks. It's March Madness, and everybody loves it. It gets everybody pumped. It gets everybody juiced. Uh, everybody's filling out brackets. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's putting money on the line here, filling out brackets and all that. March Madness, I mean, it takes everybody, it, it takes the entire workplace, folks. I mean, workplaces get nothing done during March Madness. There's games on, people are watching games, watching their brackets, watching their money pile up because they've been listening to us, takes by fans and what we're saying and all that. So all of that. But, but, but yes, you can make your picks, folks. You can make your pick on the brackets. You know, oh, I like this team. This team's good and all that. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to get a 100% perfect bracket besides potentially us because we are going to use an algorithm to figure out who is going to win these matchups, folks. And we did this last season. It was solid. Definitely needed to be improved. So we'll learn what we will take what we learned last year from our algorithm that didn't really pan out learn our mistakes, figure it out this season and get the better algorithm. So when we get you know, matchups here. We're going, you know, third round and all that. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? We've got the algorithm to help us decide. You can know everything there is to know about college basketball and still not even be close to the perfect bracket or anything like that. Or you could just truly randomly pick everything here and do better than the person that watched every single second of every single game. So I come from a computer's background, folks. I love computers. I love the numbers. I love the algorithms and all of that. And uh, so this is what we get to do this time of year. We can't do this for any other sport, folks. There's no other sport that we can just blindly follow an algorithm with besides March Madness because, it honestly, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters um, for March Madness and all that. It's all it's all luck. It is all luck. At the end of the day, it's all luck. Uh, but we are going to try and use numbers and algorithm and what weighs more and what doesn't even have any meaning to us. We're going to use that to determine who is going to win our March Madness. Madness bracket. Now, we do have a uh, group up here at the play.ncaa.com. You can search for our group, Takes by Fans. We do have a password on the group. It's uh, Big Beef, all one word, all lowercase, Big Beef, Big's World. This is the Big's World. That's where the Big Beef comes from. So join our challenge, and uh, the winner of that challenge will be able to come on the show for however long they want. Um, one day, folks. Now, you're not going to be staying here, uh, but you can come on the show. 
for five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to talk about, basketball, football, nothing, whatever you want to do, you can control the show for that day for however long you want. But you got to win. And if you don't win, if I win, I will select the bracket that I'm most impressed with, potentially an upset. Uh, Maybe you picked up one of the biggest upsets. Maybe you came in second. Maybe all this. But I will choose uh, the who gets to come on the show if I win, which is probably going to happen because – you know, we got the algorithm on our side. So you can follow our algorithm, go ahead, but then it will end in a tie. And I don't know if I'll choose you if you just blindly follow us, or maybe I will because that shows the faith. So however you want to play it, if you don't win, if I win, I'm going to choose. So we'll see how all that plays out. I'll send out the links. They'll be in this video. They'll be in the audio. They'll be on my Twitter at takes my fans. But what you got to know is that you go to play.ncaa.com, search for our group takes by fans, enter the password big beef, and you're in the running for potentially coming on the show. Okay, but with all of that said, folks, let's get into the algorithm, folks, and I love this, and this is the only website that offers this, that uh, this is the only time, this is the only sport that we can do an algorithm, so I do get truly excited about this every single year, figuring out the outcome, the algorithms, and all that, and this is what we've got by the algorithm. We get uh, the matchup analysis stats here, multiple categories of stats. And then when you click on the stats, you can either say you want this counted, and then if you want it counted, if it's low, medium, or high importance, and then it takes everything that you said, weighs them, and then it gives you the outcome on the winner. Now, we are going to set our algorithm. We'll talk what we're kind of taking into consideration, what we're not. Um, And then at the end, we can't test the algorithm today. We will be able to test, truly test the algorithm tomorrow. But we do have uh, one or maybe two ways we can try and test the algorithm today. But we do get play in tournament games tomorrow. And that's truly where we are going to see, is our algorithm on par? Or are we a little off the mark that we have to do a little bit of fine tuning tomorrow? So we'll see how how it goes. But uh, let's start talking about our algorithm here. What are we taking to weigh high? What are we taking to weigh low? What are we taking not to weigh anything? We don't care about that at all. So tons of categories to go over here. So let's go over them one by one. And then once again, you know, the three-point shooting. It's I, I don't know how much. Well, this is the first uh Uh, stat on the algorithm so we will get to that but one other thing I want to take into consideration as well that we that we can't really quantify in the algorithm that they kind of set for us a little bit Um, I want to talk about the superstars I want to talk about the NBA players potentially coming out of these teams because what we just saw last year what won the uh, March Madness tournament last season was Baylor and look who Baylor had on their team they had Davian Mitchell and uh, who is this Jared Butler yeah, Jared Butler. They had two NBA players on their team. David Mitchell, Jared Butler, both in the NBA now. So you get NBA players on your team. Multiple, kind of about multiple NBA players. So when we're kind of going over every single game and we'll fill out our bracket on Tuesday and Wednesday show, we'll fill out the brackets. We're just getting our algorithm today, getting that down. Uh, But we are going to be kind of looking a little bit into how many NBA potential players they have on their team. And we've got some of the kind of the top 60 
uh, kind of draft prospects in college basketball right now. So if teams are kind of having two NBA players compared to zero, and it's like a real close game, according to our algorithm, maybe only a one or two point difference, I think the tiebreaker we will use is how many NBA players do you have on your team? Potentially, obviously, because we don't know the future. But last season, Baylor had two, Jared Butler and Davian Mitchell, but even Gonzaga had a couple of NBA players as well. Corey Crispert, Jalen Suggs, both decent players in the NBA. Now, obviously not, you know, Cade Cunningham or anything like that, but these are solid role players in the NBA that got it done in college. So, four NBA players between the starting lineups of the two teams in the final two last year of March Madness. So we will use NBA players on the team as a potential tiebreaker on a close scenario in our algorithm. So we will keep that in mind. We'll talk about that a little bit more once we kind of go through all the matchups and utilize our algorithm in those matchups here. But like I said, what we're doing right now is just getting our algorithm set up for us to pick the games on tomorrow and Wednesday show. So, with all that being said, folks, let's get into our algorithm. In the first one here, we get two stats. We get basic stats and advanced stats. So, let's start here with the basic stats. And the first basic stat category is three-point shooting. Now, we are going to count this as high importance um, because, like I said, the last three days – Took the day, uh, took the show off so we could just sit and watch college basketball, the conference championship tournament, and all that the last three days. And the three point shooting was so atrocious on most of the games. Uh, so if you can't shoot threes, you're probably not going to be doing well and you're going to be struggling. I mean, folks, we saw games this weekend where teams were putting up like 19 points. What was, I, I want to say it was like a, the Butler game. Let me see if I can quickly find this game very, 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 very quickly. Um, was it Butler and somebody? It was real pathetic, folks. It was like, I want to say it was Saturday. Uh, Saturday game. It wasn't Iowa. What was it? It was like they put up like 20 points each. In the first half, folks, in 20 minutes, college basketball, first half, all that. And it was just so atrocious because they just kept missing from three and three. I think it was Creighton uh, Villanova. Yeah, the score at halftime was 18-19, folks. They're not even scoring a point a minute. A point a minute. Three pointers. Creighton was three of 29. Three of 29 for the game, folks. 10%. Villanova, a little bit better. Eight of 32, 25%. And who won that game? Villanova. So that's kind of what we're talking about on three-point shooting. If you're that trash at threes, folks, for even one game, that's going to leave a real bad taste in our mouth. I was hating. I think I bet on Creighton in that game, too. And I was just watching them miss three after 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 three. I was like, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is this? Uh, it was just so pathetic, so, so bizarre. 18 to 19 in the first half. 18 to 19, folks. You know what the hell that is? That's trash, folks. That's absolute trash. So we are going to weigh three-pointer percentage as high importance and we'll look at the number because if I'm just getting kind of you know and this is where you know kind of the NBA players are going to kind of come into this as well because if two teams are kind of both shooting kind of like 33% from three that's not good enough for me I need to see something way better than just kind of the average so we are going to weigh three-pointers of high importance I gotta see something good from three <clears throat> Oh, man, I, like I, I, that one game has scarred me, folks. I'm not going to lie. That one Creighton-Villanova game has scarred me from truly uh, looking that 
bigly into mediocre three-point shooting. If it's not crazy 40% and more, I'm not really going to count it. So we will count three-point percentage as high importance, but when we look at the actual number, that's what's going to kind of be like, all right, we are going to take this into consideration or not, but we are going to have it there for us to see. High importance on three-point percentage. All right, fast boy Fast, fast break points per game. Yeah, we're going to take this, and we are going to count this as high importance as well. Good defense leads to transition offense, fast, fast break points and all that. So, yeah, we will count that as high importance. How good defensively are you? How how many times can you get a quick steal, run the floor two-on-one, three-on-one fast break? How many times can you convert that as well? We are going to count that as high importance as well. All right, field goal percentage, we're going to count as medium importance. Once again, uh, field goal percentage is definitely important, don't get me wrong, but this is a tournament, folks. This is crazy. This is bizarre. We're talking, you know, playing two games in two days and all that, back-to-back, -back, one game in between, all that. You're going crazy. You're in one single spot. Uh, and you know, you're, some are going to be missing and some are going to be making. So, uh, you know, you just may be off a day. You just may, may be off one, one shooting half, one night and all that. So we will count field goal per percentage as medium importance. Won't take it high or low because anything could happen in any, any single game. That's what puts the madness in March, obviously. All right, field goal percentage, we'll count this as low. Obviously, you got to be making your free throws, obviously. Um, opponents, points per game, we're counting this as high. How good is your defense? How do you, um, you know, how often and how well do you hold your opponents to lower scores? Because if you're not scoring a lot of points, you're not going to be winning games. Exactly what Creighton did, 18 points in that first half. You didn't win the game. Good defense by Villanova, not giving up those points, yes? So opponents, points per game, high important, high importance. <laughs> All right, next category, we get points in the paint per game. And you know we got to count that as high importance because what does that prove? Points in the paint per game, bigs. Folks, and you thought we were only going to be loving the bigs, gushing over the bigs in the NBA? Where did the NBA bigs come from, folks? The college pipeline. Yeah, yeah, this is still a bigs world even in the college program. So give me the points in the paint per game. Let me weigh that of high, uh, high importance, folks, high importance. All right, points per game. We're going to be counting that as high importance as well. How many points do you put up a game? The more points you put up, the higher probability you win the game. Yes, folks? Got to count that as high importance. Then we're going to count seed, but we're just going to count that as low importance. I still want it counted uh, because, you know, typically this, you know, if you win, you know, your kind of conference championship, you're usually, you know, one or two seed and all that. So seed does play a factor a little bit. We don't want to kind of, you know, only look at the seed. Oh, well, the one's always going to be the 16. You know, the, what was it? The five and 12 is always kind of the matchup where the 12s always beat the fives for the majority of the part where it's like 50-50. So we'll take seed a little bit into the consideration. Win percentage will take uh, uh, will take that as low importance as well. Once again, what you did in the regular season doesn't really truly factor into March Madness as well. And I know you can say that about everything, but win percentage you're always facing you know teams mostly in your conference and all that. We're March Madness, everything you're all together. So win percentage will count it, but of low importance. 
Steals per game, we'll count that as low importance as well. Once again, good defense. Personal fouls per game, we're not going to count that. You know, fouling in, fouling out. You know, uh, you know. Plus, you get you know the aspect by the refs. You know, do you actually call that last foul to kick them out the game and all that? So we're not going to take personal fouls per game. Last ten games win percentage. Yeah, let's count this as medium importance. So we'll take win percentage as low importance. But last ten, no, actually, let's take win percentage right out of it. I'm just going to take last. 10 games win percentage. I don't give a damn about your overall win percentage. I don't care what you did. When does the college basketball season start? November? I don't care what you did in November. I don't care. Last 10 games. Conference tournament. Last end of the regular season. All that. Last 10 games win, per win percentage. Counting that as medium importance. Blocked shots per game. We'll count that as low importance. Once again, good defense. Offensive rebounds per game. High importance. Second chance points. Bigs down low. How does all that play out? Offensive rebounds per game. High importance. And then points off of turnovers. Once again, that's a little bit of fast break points as well. So we'll count it as low importance. So we're not getting kind of, you know, uh, double factored in one kind of category. So we'll count that as low performance, low importance as well. Alright, so those are all the basic stats. Three-pointers high, fast break high, field goal percentage medium, free throw percentage low, opponents, opponents points per game high, points in the paints per game high, points per game high, seeding low, win percentage not counting it at all, steals per game low, personal fouls per game not counting it, last 10 games win percentage medium importance, block shots per game low, Offensive rebounds high in points off of turnovers low. And now we go to the advanced stats, folks. So let's take a defensive efficiency in the... Uh the definition of this, the number of points a team allows its opponents to score every 100 possessions, a lower number, the better. So we will count defensive efficiency high. What wins championships, folks? Defense. Got to count that as high. All right, next category up, we get net ranking. And the defensive, uh, the definition of this is a comprehensive ranking of all 353 Division I teams based on a complex formula developed by the NCAA. A lower number, a better. So I got an algorithm that they got. Let me count this as low importance. We'll check the number and all that once the numbers come up, but I'm not going to take their algorithm in our algorithm and make their algorithm outperform our algorithm. You get what I'm saying, folks? Too many algorithms. It's algorithm inception, and I don't know what factors that the NCAA has. They say complex formula. Well, it's not too complex for me, baby, so lay it out. Lay it out. Spell it out for me. I want to know what you're putting in this algorithm, what you're putting in your formula. Let me know. See how I'm, I'm talking step-by-step that my algorithm I'm not telling you low I'm not just saying oh I'm I'm, t I'm weighing this I'm telling you low medium or high I'm telling you where I'm coming from what I'm weighing high what I kind of see as valuable in the NBA or just in basketball in general I don't need the NCAA telling me or, or not even telling me they're not telling me I don't know what the NET entails I'm sure I can google it but they're not telling me right now so that's where we have the the issue this is where we run into the issue I'm not looking up NET folks we got no time in that for the show so we'll we'll count it as low we'll uh we'll look at it offense offensive efficiency yeah we're gonna count that as medium importance as well uh, once again, we're going to take defense a little bit more. Once again, defense wins championships. Once again, offensive efficiency. I'm sure Creighton was pretty solid at the three, and then they went three of 29 and blew all that out of the water. So we will take offensive efficiency as medium importance. 
Second chance points. We're going high. High importance there. Once again, offensive rebounds, second points, all of that, getting it done. Offensive rebounds, bigs world, high importance on second chance points. True shooting percentage, we will take that at low importance. Low importance of that, you know, it factors in free throws and all that to your true shooting percentage. Assist to turnover ratio, we'll count this as low importance as well. Turnovers and all that, we kind of got that already in the basic stats category. Once again, we don't want double factored here. We don't want, uh, you know, that's what, once again, you know, coming from the numbers background, you can't have two overlapping like that that are both highly because then it's just going to skew the numbers just because if one team's good at that one category, it's just going to blow it all out of the water. So can't have them both weighing high. We'll weigh this assist to turnover ratio at low importance effective field goal percentage what is this one a measurement of how efficiently a team scores taking two point field goals and three point field goals into account all right so this is a little bit better than true shooting percentage because it doesn't take into account free throw so we will weigh effective field goal percentage at medium importance and still true shooting percentage at low performance. And then the final two right here, rebounds per game. You better believe that's high. Who rebounds? The bigs. Bigs world. How many times we got to say it, folks? Last one right here, bench points percentage. Absolutely high. How good is your depth? What Are you deep? Are you deep? Do you got NBA players and are you deep? That's what I want to know. Bench points, rebounds per game, both of high importance. Let's get the bigs and the bench bigs all good to go. So, in our advanced stats, we got defensive efficiency, high importance, net ranking, low. Actually, I'm going to take that off. I'm not even going to weigh net ranking. I'm not even going to let their algorithm play any importance into my algorithm. There it is. Net ranking getting taken off the board. Offensive efficiency, medium importance, second chance points, high importance. And I am also taking out true shooting percentage. Taking that out, we will only use the effective field goal percentage. I don't care about the free throws. Um, all right, so taking out true shooting percentage, assisted turnover ratio, low importance, effective field goal percentage, medium importance, rebounds per game, high importance, and bench points, high importance. So that is officially our algorithm here. So let's calculate the numbers. And, uh, you know, so now it brings us all the stats, all that. Love it. We can go through it. We can parse through it. Uh, but before we get out of here, so we do have our algorithm secured. We will start uh, talking about the first, uh, the play-in tournament games. We will talk about that tomorrow on the show and walk through that. Today's the 14th, so yeah, the 15th. We get the... Uh, the first four, we get to Texas A&MCC and Texas Southern. That starts at 640. So we'll run the algorithm for those two matchups tomorrow and see how they play out uh, tomorrow as well and talk about it on Wednesday. But let's see. Let's see. Let's go to the championship games, the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten Tournament Final. Let's see if we can run these numbers, the algorithm, and see if they give us the same result that actually happened. We'll use this as a little precursor to our official practice before the first four. So let's see if we are on the if, if we're on the pulse a little bit here. Uh, but let's see if we can even get these teams up here. Let's see, is Texas A&M even in? Uh, the tournament. We know Tennessee is. So let's get them up here. 
And hopefully they uh, re-update this website because they don't even show the names. You have to kind of scroll over to uh, reveal the name. So let me go to the T's here. Let's get Tennessee at Texas A&M here. We, if our algorithm is doing good here, we should have Tennessee winning by a solid margin because that's what happens. We get Tennessee versus Texas A&M. Did they make the tournament? Hopefully they did because we can't do it on anybody that did not make the tournament. Texas Tech. Texas, Texas, Texas Tech, Texas Southern, TCU, Tennessee. Wow. So every Texas team made it besides Texas A&M. How truly unfortunate. Texas, damn. So we can't run the algorithm on that, on the SEC final. All right. Let's see. Did Houston and Memphis both make it? I know Houston did. So let's get Houston in our algorithm here. There's Houston. And hopefully Memphis made it as well. Please, Memphis. Memphis. All right, so here we go. We're going to run our algorithm here, and Houston really kind of blew out Memphis 71-53. to So let's see. Is our algorithm on par? Because if it's spitting out Memphis beats Houston, we may have a little bit of an issue. Maybe. So here we go. Houston versus Memphis. We just saw this matchup play out. Memphis wins 71 to 53 and according to our algorithm Houston wins 61 to 59 so a little bit closer than what actually happened but still gave us Houston as the winner so that's really kind of the main point we're focusing in on here so okay so that's good that's a good first step so far and now let's see if we can recreate the Big Ten final game Iowa over Purdue, because this was a little bit of an upset. Purdue was ninth ranked. Iowa was 24th ranked and all that. So let's see. A little bit of an upset. Everybody was predicting Purdue to win that game against Iowa, even the spread. The spread, according to Vegas, was Purdue minus 2.5, so a closer game. But they were still expecting Purdue to win. So let's see what we get. Iowa versus Purdue. Iowa, hopefully Purdue is in the – they should be at least in the tournament. Um, here we go, Purdue, alright, so here we go, Iowa versus Purdue, it tells us Iowa wins, folks, Iowa won, 75 to 66, and our algorithm spits out a nice 7 point win on a 9 point win that actually happened, Iowa wins 63 to 56, Iowa wins, Iowa gets the upset and all that, so alrighty, for the two finals, two conference finals that we were able to recreate using our algorithm they both spit out the right answer so alrighty, this is giving us some good feelings heading into our first real example in the playing tournaments coming up tomorrow so we'll see how all that plays out but so far i'm feeling good about our algorithm baby yes sir so you might want to copy this algorithm folks it's all there out for you i'm loving it we just recreated it Two for two. Yes, sir. Can't get any better than that. Our algorithm's not lying. We're right. All righty. We are ready to go for March Madness, folks. We were really kind of I'm, – I'm excited that it worked out like this. I knew we were doing this. Uh, we didn't kind of, you know, play around with the algorithm before to get these answers. So I'm loving that what we are, that what we are valuing, what we are – putting high importance on it truly matters and it just picked the winners of those conference championships that we saw this weekend so feeling absolutely spectacular about our algorithm folks we're ready to go a hundred percent a hundred percent correct bracket and you know when when, when was the year 
that we went from like no big jackpots on the perfect bracket. I mean, like literally early 2000s, 2010-ish, early 2010s. Let's go there. Uh, early 2010s, I would say that like every year, like uh, Warren Buffett was offering like a billion dollars for a perfect bracket, ESPN, the million dollar bracket challenge and all that. I feel like we've gotten away from that. I feel like there's no big jackpot anymore that have people talking about million dollar, multi-million dollar jackpot, billion dollar jackpots. Those were all ways to talk according, you know, March Madness time, early 2010s. But now as of recently, we haven't gotten that. Why, why is that? Why is that? Because we're about to pick a perfect bracket and so help me goodness if I win $50,000 for a perfect bracket when in 2010 I could have won a billion dollars from Warren Buffett, I'm going to be a little upset. I think uh, you can uh, understand why, yes? So, uh, our bracket, our algorithm for our bracket is good to go. The numbers check out. We know what we're talking about, and we're ready to hit March Madness on a stride. Hitting the ground running. We'll see if our algorithm still stacks up tomorrow when we walk through and predict the top, the first four in the bracket. Y'all know the playing games, all that. They've got two tomorrow, two Wednesday. We'll see how it all plays out tomorrow. Alrighty, but that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. So glad to be back, folks. Hopefully no more breaks. Um, we'll watch Mar Mar March Madness live while we're doing the show um, as it kind of comes up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all that. So we'll talk through March Madness as we're doing the show live and all that. But our algorithm is good, folks. Our algorithm is good, and I'm so thankful because if we just did that algorithm and both those were wrong, uh, I would be ooh, I'd be a little nervous about my algorithm. But we don't need to fine tune anything. We've got it going. Loving our algorithm. Alrighty, folks, we are out of here for today. We're back live tomorrow noon Eastern. Filling out our bracket a little bit more, all that, breaking down the NBA, talking some stories that we were not able to get to today in the NFL, but we are back tomorrow, folks. We are back tomorrow, and that's the best thing about it, folks. We are back tomorrow. Back tomorrow. Love it. Alrighty, folks, have an absolutely good one, great one. Join our bracket challenge um, to potentially get on the show. Use our algorithm, fine-tune your own algorithm, absolutely, and we'll see who wins. Yes, whose algorithm is better? So far, mine's two for two. What's your algorithm, huh? Huh? Oh, you don't got one? Oh, that's a pity. That's unfortunate. Well, we'll just win our bracket challenge, yeah? Alrighty, folks, have an absolutely great one. We are out of here, and we will see you tomorrow. Make some money in the NBA. Great value tonight. Great, great value. All right, folks, we are out.